I was actually surprised this offseason that I saw that many players leave. It's definitely going to take a toll. People saying that Talis is not as talented as maybe we once thought he was, and that is just... That's definitely a hot take. <laughs> it's, it's also tough because I don't think he's a striker. I don't think he's a nine. I think he's on. he should be on the wing. But. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people said that as well about somebody named Tati Cassianos. So 90, love that. Congrats on 90 episodes. Yeah, thank you. Because even like Twitter could be a dark place if you're having a... Oh, yeah. Bad game and stuff. Like, there are some ruthless people out there. So, oh, yeah. especially in New York. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So you, I guess you have to notify the league about who you're bringing back the next year. And the day was for that was the day after MLS Cup. So, I woke up the next morning. I had a message from Dave Lee. It was like, hey, can I meet with you at nine o'clock? It was like nine o'clock in the morning. I was hung over the next morning, had a headache. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can't make it down there. <laughs> I remember that happened. And then also, Tavon was like cramping. Yep. Something was happening in like the last few minutes, but like we had no subs left. We were literally telling them to like get up. Like you gotta at least just fill <laughs> the spot, just stand there, just whatever it is. Like there's five minutes left in the game. As we were talking about throughout the week, we had something big planned, something you know that we've not really reached into this realm before. But for episode ninety, post ninety, we got Tony Rocha, one of our cult heroes. Uh, if you're a real NYCFC fan, um, you know how important this guy was for us, specifically in the year that we won our chip. So yeah, we got Tony Rocha. Thank you guys. Yeah, we appreciate having you on the show. Obviously, it's uh, it's it's special to get an NYCFC alum. This is the first time we've got like a player from the club, which is really cool. We've talked to a lot of media, but on top of that, obviously having like an MLS Cup champion in the building is is really special. I don't know if it gets old, always getting introduced as that, but we forever for your part in earning the ring, um, you know, respect you and yeah. appreciate what you've done for the club. Thanks. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll ever get old, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, not not many people can say it, so. Kind of nice to like reminisce on like the good old times, 2020, 2021, and and when we won the chip and everything. So I think it, I think it's good timing. Yeah, no, and it's um, I don't know. I think it's easy to forget how it really wasn't that long ago that we were, you know, winning a championship and then the next season going on and playing in a Eastern final. Um, I think a lot of people forget that when they have this recency bias with this early season loss. But um, yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, you specifically, you've had a big, I guess, last month where you announced ultimately that you were stepping away from professional soccer and moving on to different ventures. If you want to kind of touch on that and just, you know, what what things led to that decision and what you have planned for the future. Yeah, um, I, don't know, I think maybe my last season that I had in New York, winning it and then not having another MLS team to play for. Going down to USL is kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this grind. Because USL is a grind, depending on what team you go to as well. And I was 20, 28, just turned 29 at the end of last season. And spoke to my agent because I didn't want to play back in Orange County. And he was like, yeah, MLS is not an option. Um, so it's kind of like, do I want to go to USL? Do I want to try to play in another city? And, and I guess grind again. So that was kind of my thought process going into the offseason. And later I went to the offseason and there was no USL team I wanted to play for. It's more of like I think it's it's time to hang up the boots. And I think one of the one of the things that was really interesting to me, we were watching some of the past podcasts that you've been on, and you mentioned that one of your favorite managers, I guess, throughout the entirety of your career was Dome. And I think probably a lot of NYCFC fans feel the same way. I mean, we have pretty fond feelings for Dome. What is it about him that you kind of like really gravitated towards? I think for me, it was just like his knowledge of the game, tactics-wise, and just the style of play that he likes is probably the way that I like to play. 
the best. So I, I fit right into the system, which I really appreciated. But it was just like the knowledge of the game that he had with different formations, with how we're going to attack certain teams, um, with how they play and everything. And I, don't know, I just had probably, apart from the championship year, it was probably one of my best years that I had with, with New York City in terms of like fun. Like I had so much fun that year. And so in terms of the locker room with Dome, like, was it any different for, for all of the players in that time than it was maybe under Ronnie? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I want to give Ronnie credit for is just the team chemistry that he had or that he created that year. I think that was probably one of the sole reasons why we won the championship was there was no real clicks that you have that you like normally see in a team or anything. It was we're all together. We're all one team. I remember at the beginning of the year, he was like, there's going to be name types during lunch and preseason. So like sit where your name's at. You're going to talk with everybody. It's going to be coaches like the CEO is going to be there. So just like get to know everybody. We're all one big family. Wow. Um, and at first we're kind of skeptical. We we're just like, this is elementary school. This, <laughs> this is what we did back in the day and stuff. But towards the end of the season, we were friends with everybody, the coaches, with the front office staff and, and everything. And it felt like just one big family. I think it's cool to hear that too, because we've talked a little bit about in the past how Ronnie, I think, like you said, what made him very important to us as a coach is I think he got everybody to buy in. So like like you were saying with the players buying into like his system and I, I think even fans he got to to buy in as well. Um we certainly felt like that and that's kind of what you need, especially when you're pushing for like a championship like the MLS Cup where you have to go game by game and, and win one or you're done. But I think one of the, the funniest things, we were obviously not on the Ronnie Out bandwagon that some of the the loud fan base um adopted throughout the end of the year and how funny is it that we you know we went on to win the ring and everything yeah um and i think there was one game specifically where uh it was one or two signs in the supporter section they actually had a, a ronnie out banner up and i i think we ended up winning like four nil that game so i'm not <laughs> sure at which goal they took it down there like okay well we look kind of silly but do those yeah. things like when it is materialized in person like in the stadium does that make it to the locker room are there ever any like discussions about it not really. I, I didn't see, like, I saw it during the game and stuff, and it's more of, like, they don't really talk about that stuff in the locker room and, and everything, so. Uh, but I definitely know which game you're talking about. Like, I remember we scored, and, and Ronnie just looked up at the <laughs> yeah. at the uh, side and was just, like, gave him one of these, like, <laughs> what, he, what he normally does. But, yeah, no, especially, uh, yeah, we, we try not to keep that stuff in the locker room. Yeah, I guess it's good to know that it doesn't because at that point, it's not creating rifts in the locker room or anything like that. Right. Um, and maybe that speaks to, you know, having a strong locker room. Yeah, it's interesting that, that it's good. It's honestly good because there's times where, honestly, in New York specifically, people get out of pocket when they're talking about players. Do you guys typically pay attention to media? Is it more on like a player by player basis? Like how much do you actually see? Yeah, it's definitely player by player. Um, one thing that I try to do is not like look at media or anything, and because um, even like Twitter could be a dark place if you're having a oh, yeah. bad game and stuff. Like there are some ruthless people out there, so oh, yeah. especially in New York. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so I kind of stay away from media and stuff. But it also depends on the player. Like maybe they see some headlines that will help gain confidence or something. But I mean, yeah, I stay away from all that. When it was when it came to Ronnie, um, and in, in the time that you had with him, did you kind of feel like? Did because from the outside looking in, we saw a lot of players being played out of position and a lot of players kind of being forced to be a Swiss Army knife. You specifically, I remember in the playoff run, you kind of were. That's where we, where you got the name with us, the Roach, is because you were everywhere. Is like kind of whatever hole you could plug. Did you did you feel that? And how did you, how did the locker room feel about that kind of players being played out of position? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that. I kind of gained a little bit of respect for doing that because um, it was definitely a tough two seasons I had under Ronnie. I didn't play that much. I know whenever I came and Dome played me a lot and, and then he left and Ronnie came in and I was kind of like on the back burner and stuff. So I definitely had to kind of earn my spot back and 
kind of just get any minutes that I could anywhere. So I guess that's what you guys saw at the, at the end of the last season or 2021 is where I was playing anywhere and just trying to get minutes on the field. Yeah, I think that was one of the, I think one of the most interesting parts of 2021, we've obviously long been a fan of your game and uh, it was interesting to kind of exploring your past. I, I saw that you played um, uh, center mid whenever you were uh, a freshman in college and you were like the freshman of the year, but then they kind of forced you to become a left back and then more so in like throughout your Orlando career, um, they then kind of transitioned you into like a center back. So it was cool to kind of see your background in relation to what we saw like on the field from you for NYCFC. Um, and I think for me, one of the, the eye-opening moments of the 2021 season was I think we were at a, pe- a press conference uh, prior to the first uh, playoff game against Atlanta, and Ronnie had told us, or maybe it was after the game, Ronnie had told us, I think that's when Collins was hurt, um, that he was going to potentially plug you in as the starter at center back um, if Collins couldn't go. Uh, and then obviously the next week, your number gets called on in the New England game, which was uh, a, a massive performance. Um, and aside, not not center back, but he plugs you in as the CDM to kind of close that game out in the 80th minute and penalties are forced and everything. So what what was that kind of like as you're hearing that you may have to step into like these massive games, especially if you, you know, if you don't have minutes under your belt and stuff like that, is it is it yeah. worrying? How, how do you kind of feel going into it? Um, no, I was definitely ready for it. Like I, especially on on the training field and stuff, I was like, I'm just waiting for my moment. I know because uh, we were dealing with injuries as well during that time. Like I know Kacha was out and stuff, and yep. he was just coming back from injury. So I'm like, I'm just gonna stay prepared. And um, and with the whole kind of things, I was actually gonna start that game going into like we do where he announces the eleven the day before the game, and we were going into the meeting, and I think he was talking with Kynes outside. I guess Kynes said that he was ready to go, and so they came in, switched the eleven, and he got plugged in instead of me. So. Going into that game, I was I was planning on starting, and then happened that quick. But I mean, I was ready for it. I was excited to start a playoff game and, <laughs> and everything. But I mean, it, it happens. So was that the the Revs game? So that was the so the Atlanta game. I think it was the Atlanta game. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta. He was going to start a center back, and then obviously the Revs game. He comes in. Um, I think he replaced yeah. Jimmy, and just I feel like, but between the Revs game and and the finals game, there was like so many emotions on the field that has to go through, like. What kind of goes through your head on the field when certain things happen, right? Like we see Tati come in and score uh, the go-ahead in extra time, um, but then he also gets himself red carded. So now we're a man down, uh, and we're we're facing what is like a wounded animal in the revs. We were there in the stadium, um, and it obviously was not a, a friendly environment. Like what kind of goes through your mind, I guess, when Tati gets red carded, and then when uh, the equalizer eventually goes in, uh, is are you like? Are you counting the team out? Are you are you still very confident in how things are going? No, we're still very confident. We know we have Sean and goal, so if it does go to PKs, like we definitely have the upper hand. Um, even though Turner was having a great season that year and stuff, but we still felt confident in us taking PKs and 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 Sean stopping him. But I remember that happened, and then also Tavon was like cramping yeah. or something was happening in like the last few minutes. But like we had no subs left, so we were literally telling him to like get up. Like you got to at least just fill <laughs> the spot, just stand there, just whatever it is. Like just five minutes up in the game. Yeah, um, I but remember. at that moment, it's more of like just concentrating, concentrate, concentrate, country and stuff. So it was, it was tough. It, honestly, watching it in the stands, it was hard enough because of how cold it was. <laughs> I don't think uh, that was the thing that stuck out to me that day the most was just how freezing cold it was. Um, so we're we're in the stands, stagnant, and seeing all of this go down. And it, it, you know, we had flashbacks to past playoff seasons where we haven't made it that far. And you know, oh, there's of course. 
Tati's going to get sent off. Of course, Tavon's going to yeah. get hurt. Those things are going into our head. So it's interesting to um, you know to get the insight that obviously you're, you're seeing it go down, but you have to keep that mentality that mentality high. I guess so. When you come back, uh, so once once it's equalized, right, and you do have to go to penalties, is there anybody? on the team you know whether it's like sean as the leader or or ronnie as the manager leading as well where you guys actually kind of have a moment to to gather yourselves and have a conversation and like in those moments what what is ronnie or sean or whoever it is like saying to you guys uh, i mean it's more of like they tell us the order of the pks we kind of know if we're going to take one before the game starts but it's more like finalizing that and then it's just like i mean we're, we're in this together we're away from home this team was the first team in the east i think they want supporters should that year as well yep. and it's just like we made it this far like we have nothing to lose like go up there pick your spot and take it it's that confidence that the, that they instilled in us for the pks we had nothing to lose that game like we were going there away from home we were expected to lose we got that far like we're, we're gonna come out here with a win do you feel like the bye week could hurt teams or as a as an athlete do you guys actually like really hope to have that to get like as many guys healthy as you can with the extra week yeah, I think it depends on the team. Like we, especially if you have injuries, like it'd probably be nice to have the extra week. So there's kind of on the fringe, they can come back and be healthy. But I mean, that happened to us in 2019, whenever we had that bye week and then lost to Toronto. Yep. We skipped out on a week, especially like going into the playoffs if you're in a rhythm and then you have to sit out a week and it's like, it's tough. So it kind of just depends on the team. Yeah, I feel like we've always had kind of a hard time with stopping and going whenever we kind of have like a break we usually get like yeah. slow back into it we even see it with like season openers i think this was now like Big, the third yeah. one um that we've lost not even tied but i think the last time we even got a result was with dc way back yeah and then and then i mean on top of that new england game so that you know as, as high as the stakes are there every single game is obviously massively important and dramatic and then we have what was the the final act in the MLS Cup yeah. Finals? Which I can only imagine um, us as fans. We were we were dying just watching the game. I can imagine being on the field. Kind of what what were your like general thoughts? I guess in the days leading up, and then as as things kind of transpired on the field there. Yeah, I mean it was a cool experience just being at, at MLS Cup. Like there's a bunch of media there. There's a bunch of events going on and stuff. And seeing all the media whenever we were stepping on the field for training was pretty cool. Like I played in the league for six seven years and. It's my first time in the MLS Cup, so I mean it was a great experience and stuff. Um, and as well, just being able to win it, like just being able to have that on my resume is like I'll never forget it. So, did you guys ever have the mentality where you actually felt like you were kind of like down and out when bad things did happen? Obviously, like I think the the big moment was uh, the goal that was scored, like literally in the dying seconds of the match. Had it had it not gone yeah. in, they probably would have blew the whistle. Um, what what does it kind of feel like when you feel like you're there and you've like achieved it and then it's kind of like ripped from you right at that moment? Yeah, it, it was it was funny because like the guys that were on the bench, we had coats because it was cold, mm -hmm. and uh, we like they right before they scored the goal, like we knew they were gonna go blow the whistle, so like we're taking off the coats, getting ready to go on the field and celebrate, and then they score, and so now we have to put the coats back on and then go <laughs> warm up because there's gonna be extra time. Yeah. We were all just standing up on the bench, like ready to celebrate, and then they score, and it's like. We got to play an additional thirty minutes, and with that like mind shift, that it's like going from celebrating to like how we have to focus because now we put Justin, you could like go in the game and play and stuff. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, us even as as fans watching it was like a complete nightmare when that Chanel, or I, well, I think obviously we were obviously arguing that Chanel had gotten fouled, and, yeah. and because of that, it should have been disallowed. Did you guys kind of feel the same way? I know Chanel was pretty vocal about it, at least on the yeah, broadcast. big time. I didn't see it because um, I don't think they tried to replay it. But when I watched it back, I was like, "That should have been a foul." Yeah, that elbow straight to the face. Yeah, 
Yeah, and um, I mean the 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 vibe in our house at that moment was again like going back to those like <laughs> to 2019, 2018, all of those seasons where you know it, it just didn't happen for us, and we're like, of course, last minute goal, we're gonna lose in overtime. Um, <laughs> you know, like just kind of having those thoughts, and it, it really took a lot for us to to kind of get through that and work through the first couple of minutes. How, were there any talks at, at that point that kind of willed on that that win or got us to the end to where we were in penalty kicks? Like, what what, what were the uh, conversations? Mean, it was just similar to like the PK in New England or like the PK talk in New England. Sean, uh, it just was it's just like we've been in a situation before. It's thirty more minutes. Like this is what we've been playing for. This is what we've been like started the year tr- like trying to win this. Every team wants to be here. I guess just like buckle up and and fight for thirty minutes. And was it typically like always Sean that was talking, or did Ronnie ever butt in and, and have conversations as well, or any other like leaders? Yeah, it was it was Sean, uh, Ronnie, and then Maxi. Speak. Yeah. Maxi did speak after the game as well. Um, after that last cup game, before extra time, he did say some words and said the same thing, basically as Sean. And I guess in your opinion, I'm not sure if you've had something kind of similar uh, ever happen in your career, but how do you feel? losing guys like a maxi and a sean right both in the same year now for nycfc especially when uh by your document they're obviously massive leaders that are talking to all the players on the field kind of keeping people level-headed how much does that affect a team when you lose those guys and have you ever had something like happen to that or happen to a team that you've been on in the past so no i haven't i was actually surprised this offseason that i saw that many players leave but no that's never happened to me but it's definitely going to take a toll here like there are so many leaders whether they were vocal or not Anton, he was another player that was maybe not necessarily talking that much as a leader, but you knew what you were getting for him week in and week out, and he just led on the field and in training and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a rebuilding year. I don't want to say rebuilding year because they should definitely come in and step up and and kind of transition the team a little bit easier. But there's definitely going to be a transition period. How yeah. long that's going to be, who, who knows? Yeah, we. I think we were disappointed on our end, obviously, because you know when you have a team that is lacking depth in multiple positions um you would like to call on guys that can fill multiple positions and we th- we figured it would be a perfect off season to bring in somebody like you again um somebody that knows the building that knows you know everything about the club so we were pretty disappointed not to have that opportunity but what what were some of your feelings you know obviously following MLS Cup and you know those moments where you knew that you weren't going to come back to New York. What were some of those feelings? Yeah, it was funny because the MLS, um, you, I guess you have to notify the league about who you're bringing back the next year. And the day was for that was the day after MLS Cup. So I woke up the next morning. I had a message from Dave Lee. It was like, hey, can I meet with you at 9 o'clock? It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. I was hung over the next morning, had a headache. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can't make it down there. <laughs> um, and he was like, yeah, you probably know what this means about, but we have to tell the league. like, We're not going to pick up your option and stuff. So... Well, from like the highest of the highs to like, and I kind of knew it was coming. Like I didn't play that much that year, and I kind of had a conversation with Ronnie like earlier in the year and stuff. So it wasn't that much of like a letdown, but um, it was tough leaving a team. Like I love New York City. Like I love the team. I love the way the club was running stuff. Like I still have good friends on the team. I still talk with them and stuff. So I think I heard you in the past say that one of like your players to watch for NYCFC was Tavon Gray. What is it that you like really like about his game? 
Yeah, I mean, he's, first of all, his attitude. Like, I remember when I uh, first met him, like, he is probably one of the most confident players that you ever meet. That in itself is, like, he's going to bet on himself 100% of the time. And I remember, like, Anton was in his position, and he was still like, yeah, I'm going to get that position, I'm going to get that position. And whenever Anton ended up getting hurt and he was playing, and, and he did a really good job, now he signed a new contract, and I think he's going to be... Um, gonna have a great career in the MLS and if he decides to go anywhere else um but just that the attitude I think is probably one thing that surprised me I mean it make, makes sense grew up in New York like has that New York attitude like yeah. respect so that's one of our favorite things about him I remember uh I think we were playing DC at some point I don't know yeah, if it was yeah. home or they away had Benteke, right? um but yeah they they had Benteke playing and um he was not only screaming in his face but screaming at <laughs> multiple other players in the face <laughs> every time he won the ball and um yeah. that was just one of that was the moment where he really won me over as a fan that I was like, like he's, he really does have that dog in him. Like he, he really yeah. has that attitude. So yeah, I can definitely see why he's one of the players that you rate highly. It's crazy. I think New York specifically um, is, is notorious for that. Um, yeah. Which this season is translating to people saying you've been in the room, uh, but people saying that Talis is not as talented as maybe we once thought he was. And that is just, I don't know. I, I don't know if you have any feelings about that, but that is one of the things that that's is like, definitely a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's has he not, has he not progressed since he's gotten here when he first came here? Because I remember when he got here in twenty one, right? Was his first year, like yep. halfway through the season. And then last season, I feel like he did really well. And it's it's also tough because I don't think he's a striker. I don't think he's a nine. I think he's on. He should be on the wing. But. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people said that as well about somebody named Tati Cassianos. <laughs> right when he was starting to be molded into that position, they were like, he's not a nine. Right. And then he goes on to be maybe one of the best nines in the past five years for the MLS. Um, so I, I think people should just kind of give him a little bit of time. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He probably won't get as much time and respect that Tati did because it was out of, you know, necessity. And, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Are there any others that are still on the team, maybe from the time you were here, or that you've seen since that you feel like might be like the next round of people that we should be watching? Um, in terms of just like that, I think they're having a good season or an outbreak season, or yeah, I think Keaton's definitely up there. Like I know he's been struggling with the injuries that he has, and I know I've talked to him a little bit. And he's excited to kind of be on the field and be healthy and stuff. So no, he's got a lot of potential still um, in what he can do. So he's definitely one of them, and Luis as well. No, it's tough being a, a second goalkeeper for a long time, and you know, he's kind of been itching to play and stuff. And now he's got his opportunity, and I don't know he's been training really hard for it. So, definitely those two players. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I think we're we've we've obviously been pretty documented as being in the camp of Luis, and I think I think you're right. You know, when you put in the time um, for so long, being the second guy, and in the moments that he has stepped in, I think it was uh, was it last season where Sean was gone for maybe four or five games in a row, and I think Luis had three out of four or three out of five were clean sheets um and looked pretty good throughout and then obviously the opening game he looked good as well um i i agree with you that it, it is good for the guy to finally get a shot after he's grinded so long and kind of put in the time um you know he does kind of earn a earn a spot yeah there's a there's a few guys like that um that i feel are finally going to get the chance to to grow Tavon getting a full you know a, a real good season in justin hack i think in the midfield um you know, not being one of the guys, he got a new contract. Um, so that kind of reaffirmed to him that he's not going out on loan or anything like that again. Um, yeah. And he showed up and showed out in Nashville, probably one of the best players on the field that day, um, not wearing yellow. Um, but, yeah, I think some of those guys, I mean, what were your relationships with some of the guys in the academy? 
Um, did you see anybody kind of coming up or were, did, were you able to have conversations with them or is it kind of segregated in that way? Oh, there's, there's, uh, that's one thing that New York did well is there's a lot of the academy guys that came and trained with us, especially like the day after the game when the guys are starting really aren't training. Um, they would bring players in for like numbers and stuff. And so I got to train with a, a lot of the academy kids and stuff. I guess the, the MLS next pro and now NYCFC too, I know they were around, um, in 2021, but this whole kind of new system, um, that's obviously, I think, a large part of American soccer now, even though it's it's very young. Um, wasn't around when you were coming up. Uh, do you have any like general thoughts, I guess, on on that league and kind of the opportunities that it provides to, to younger players? I mean, I think it's a it's a good idea. I think before I was in MLS, they had the MLS Reserve League. Mm. And that was kind of similar to what MLS Next is now, but it's tough because you have young players like Justin that go on loan to Hartford the past couple of years because he couldn't get games with the first team. But now he's training with the USL team every week. He's not with the first team. Now the MLS Next players get to train with the MLS team on a week-in, week-out basis and then go down and play games and stuff. So they're still getting that high-level training and then playing games, which they need. So I think it's a good uh, good league if they do it right. So looking looking more towards 2023, obviously we, we touched a little bit on Sands. Do you have any thoughts kind of now that he's coming back to the city, what he brings to a team or what he brings to this team that we would have, you know, not had otherwise? Yeah, I mean, he definitely brings, I don't know where they're going to play him, if they're going to play him at center back or if they're going to play him at center mid. I'll try to get um, insider information. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, he, he's a solid He's a solid player like all around. Like he'll be good defensively. He'll organize a team, I think. Being in a team like Rangers, he's definitely probably had to step his game a bit, so he's definitely going to be more improved than he was when he left. And that's saying a lot because he was probably one of our better players when he was here. So um, just being a familiar face as well with some of the other guys, I think um, he'll probably make the players around him better. And so I think he's definitely a reinforcement that's definitely needed in New York. Do you think he has what it takes to be a leader in in wearing the armband? I know there's a lot of fans debating right now because we haven't formally announced who the captain is for this season. Um, would you be somebody that would give um, Sands the armband if you were the manager? I definitely would. I think his a work rate, like he's probably one of the hardest working guys that was on the team. He's always in the gym, like he's always taking care of his body. And I think I think he'll say this as well. Probably the one thing that he could do better if he were to be a leader would just be vocal. I know he's um, on the field and stuff, and probably it's out of his comfort zone to have like the talks before the game or we're huddling in for PK shootout, like for him to step up and say that. And I think that comes with him developing both as a player on and off the field. So I think if they do give him that opportunity to be captain, he'll definitely be a good leader. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll definitely, you know, maybe with the improved confidence and coming in, um, obviously being the guy that's coming from, from Europe, you're, you're going to come in with kind of, you know, that weight off of your shoulders a little bit and, you know, yeah. kind of be able to, to talk a little bit more. Hopefully he'll, he will be a little more vocal because I can remember in certain games when we were, we really had to dig deep and you could see on TV he's finally, like, just talking a little bit and the team would react to it and respond to it yeah. just in the little little blips that we were able to see. Um, but do you, do you pay attention much to, to the MLS? Yeah, no, I, even last year when I was in USA, I watched I tried to watch every NYCFC game. And I did watch the game against Nashville and, and it's... I guess a little bit easier because I guess Apple TV. I don't know if it's a free trial or whatever it is, but all the all the games are free for the for week one. So I, I watched uh, some of the games. After watching some of the games, who who is your favorite to win the cup this season? If you had to have hot Ooh. take, 
Um, I don't know if it's a hot take. I don't want to say it on the spot because they're uh, local rivals, but Philadelphia <laughs> probably, probably, um, just because it, they lost in the conference finals two years ago, lost in the MLS Cup final last year. Unless they're going to be like a Man City or a PSG and not make it to the Champions League final ever or, or win it, so. <laughs> so so that could be them. But that's the Arsenal fan coming out. Right <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. I mean, we've, we've had to bite the bullet and kind of. Um, big them up a little bit this off season just because obviously we don't like them uh their fans don't like us they uh okay. we don't like their fans um it's kind of developed in this this rivalry but we had to bite the bullet and say that their jerseys might be better than ours this year uh, they might have better kits than us they definitely have a better roster on paper um so okay. we definitely have to big them up a little bit but yeah i mean that, that won't hurt your your cult hero status to say that i don't think i don't think anyone's gonna hold that over you i would never say that if i was playing for the team obviously but yeah no definitely. now that i'm retired i get a little bit of leeway um and do you have any thoughts on i guess kind of what the ceiling would be for nycfc this season I think it's too early to tell. I think they have good players that they brought in. And then just if they're buying into what Nick Cushing, the system they want to play and everything. I know when he took over last year for Ronnie, it was um, a bit of adjustment at first. And, and then the, I guess, players settled in and they trusted what he wanted to do. And they're playing a lot better. So I think if he gets that again with the players, I don't know. I think they can make a good run in the playoffs. When you were with the team, did you have any... Uh interaction with Cushing I know that he's been around kind of like as an assistant coach right for a little while um yeah. and if so any like standout moments or any just general thoughts that you have on him especially becoming a manager I think it's a it's sort of like a Louis Braza situation where when you are in the the back for so long and and you assume um such a larger role it's good to kind of like get your shot and to kind of prove yourself yeah he was probably one of the assistant coaches I talked to the most whenever I was there I don't know we just got along I, I liked uh he had, he had good banter he was always joking around stuff and yeah, not, not one specific moment, but it was just like most of the days I'd go out there and I'd just just be joking around with him and stuff. So yeah, I think that's yeah, why I, um, a lot of a lot of clubs have that new manager boost sometimes when they bring on an interim manager that was at one point an assistant manager because uh, the assistant manager, at least from uh, what we hear, is more able to have those joking moments with players and and be able to kind of like shoot the shit a little bit and not really yeah. have such serious conversations so yeah it's interesting to kind of get you know some validity behind that yeah it like potentially takes a little bit of the pressure off i would think you know right. uh when when you're dealing with them maybe versus like ronnie or something um like the dynamic of, yeah. of the relationship with the the head manager yeah no for sure yeah and then um i i think one one cool thing to talk about so i was looking into it a little bit i saw that you posted it um on instagram a few weeks ago so there's this this new the soccer tournament tst it's like some kind of seven v seven league that's taking place in uh in uh North Carolina this summer. North Carolina, yeah. And it seems cool, uh, especially with like some of the people that are involved. I mean, maybe other people won't be as familiar uh, as we are to some of the teams, but like even kind of having like hashtag United involved. Uh, I think Spencer Owen, right, is the guy that, and then yep. Dempsey has a team. Um, I know you're on uh, a team with Lee Win as well. Um, can you kind of give like a general overview, I, I guess, of what this is and then, you know, why people should kind of be excited for it? Um, so if I'm being honest, I just got invited to it like whenever I posted about it and I haven't really looked that much into the tournament. I know it's just like a 77 tournament. One of my really good friends who just retired recently as well. Cool. Um, he's on the team and he reached out and was like, hey, do you want to be a part of this team? And I was like, 100%. So I probably know as much as you guys know. Like, I know <laughs> we're supposed to set up a call with the team here soon so they're going to kind of tell us more about it and um, all the details and stuff but uh, i wish i can give you guys more information about it but i'm uh 
yeah, I don't know much about it. If you guys, I was gonna say, if you guys need uh, two more guys at all, we won't we won't <laughs> offer much, but we can be bodies on the field. <laughs> <laughs> or if you need like water boys, even see, we could yeah. Yeah, be the water boys. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's cool. I think it's cool to um, just be able to have those tournaments and you know still go out there and play. I know at this point, um, definitely I've. I eat more than I run, and so anytime that I can get out there and and play, it's super fun. Um, so I'm yeah. sure it's the same same feeling for you, minus the minus the extra pounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, it must be. Yeah, I haven't played with um just like I haven't played with uh we played together in Orlando with Orlando City B. Okay. Um, so a long time ago, and I haven't played with them in, in years. So he was like, "If you want to join the team," I was like, "Yeah, hundred percent. We'll play together and see if we can win another trophy." Well, we'll be rooting for you for sure. Whenever we find out how we can watch it and how it works, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's all right that we didn't get the inside information on that, but um, we'll expect a DM with how Sands is going to play <laughs> later in the week. <laughs> we'll, expect, we'll trade that information. Yeah, I mean, it should be. I, I think it should be an exciting season. Um, a, a lot to look forward to. I, I think you know, obviously, the club's been pretty vocal about wanting to bring some guys in, um, but it'll be. It'll be cool to see kind of how it all plays out. Yeah, definitely. And, and we appreciate you, obviously. Um, the community definitely appreciates you. You're, Like I said, you're one of the cult heroes to um, to the core NYCFC fans, um, especially with the, with the Victory Cigar. So yeah. we thank you for that. I, I might need to show up to a game with just a cigar and glasses. <laughs> that would probably be epic. <laughs> you're more than welcome to. If they let me in the stadium with the cigar. But. <laughs> yeah. We might have to smuggle that in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, we 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 totally um, we appreciate the time and we appreciate you coming on the show. I think it was you know really insightful to talk a little bit about what Ronnie was like and and what Dome was like. I think we don't see a ton like coming out of NYCFC related to sort of the inner working. So it's it's fun to always uh, you know talk to a player or get to touch base with somebody that's kind of been a part of it um, and learn more, especially from a period of of such a historic time where we won the championship and everything so we appreciate it yeah no problem thanks again for having me on yeah and you were on appreciate it. the best team that nycfc has ever had historically i think we can say that yeah so yeah. thank you for that thank you for coming on uh post tiny podcasts you can catch us anywhere that you listen to a podcast uh check us out on twitter at post 90 pod yep uh, that's the best place to join the conversation um and thank you again for for coming on thank you yeah, no problem peace Thank you.